Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. With structured workouts, training plans and massive online group rides to make your training fun. Because fun is results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or log rides with our friends at Zwift. He's back in the building. It's Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Good afternoon, Christophe. Uh, I've just got to say, something amazing on my, on my way in, coming in through the, through the um, city to Fed Square. Did it you was actually see an people? Incredible, so, yeah, humans. <laughs> Human beings, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I know we've been out of lockdown for a couple of weeks now properly. How good does it feel? I've got, I I got to say, it's so good to see a vibrant city. Back to it. Well, not not at full strength, but going pretty good. And actually see faces. Yes. See faces of people without yes. the mask. Yes, I know. It was great. I, Out of habit, I've carried my mask in today. And then I got to the door and realized I didn't have to wear one. So uh, no, it's good to be back. It's good to be, good to be in the house. Wrapping up a... Uh, what a crazy year. Will we call it the upside down year or I don't know, just a um, washing machine year really. Absolutely. Uh, this is not the best stuff of the year. This is actually a, a proper podcast for this uh, this fortnight or this month. I can't remember when was the, the last podcast, but there's a lot that has happened in the world of cycling. 2020 has been just, uh, I don't know, one of these years we will uh, probably remember forever, uh, if anything, because of the, the calendar. But let's talk about what's happening uh, this week, uh, what's happened this week. And, and first of all, this big announcement for Australian Cycling, the TDU is on. It is on. It is on. Well, it's a festival. It's a Santos Festival of Cycling is what they're calling it. The great news is there'll be a four-day tour, four-day stage race, uh, effectively an NRS race with maybe a few ring-ins. I think they'll be announcing some riders, um, you know, in the coming sort of, well, very shortly in the next few weeks, uh, maybe some Australian World Tour riders. Actually, question here. We know Richie is in the country. Richie is in WA. Uh, he's currently in quarantine. Can we expect him to make a go and make a start at uh, this, this summer of cycling in uh, Adelaide? You would think so. You would think so. I'm not sure if, if there's anything been announced yet. Um, We're just speculating he, here. He was not. He wasn't. When I last spoke to him, what world championships... He wasn't coming home at that stage. They were deciding to stay, he and his wife. Remember, she gave birth during the Tour de France. And I I think at that time, Europe, even though the numbers were rising, you know, they didn't think they'd go into lockdown again. And But it is convenient, isn't it, that he's just arrived back. And I think it'd be great. And, and I think I think Aussies want to celebrate him, don't Absolutely. they? Absolutely. Tour de France performance, like we said, it felt like a victory, I think, for him and for all of us. So I think the fans want to celebrate him. So it'd be good if he does. Yeah. But he's the, he's the second best rider at the Tour de France. Third. No, second. Because, be, but because uh, uh, Cadell did one. It's the same rider. Oh, the second best Australian. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, that's true. I thought you were saying second best. I was like, mate, hang on a minute. <laughs> I mean, I'll take it. But <laughs> no, second best Australian ever. Yeah, it is. It is. It's phenomenal. What? You need a Frenchman to tell you this? I know, I know. Still, you know. Hey, it's your race. Come on. (laughs) You you should know all this stuff. Summer of cycling. So what what can we expect? A race of four days, you mentioned? Yeah, what we do know, a a, a tour of four days, four stages. Uh, Can't give you the 
full details as yet of those four stages. But I also believe there will be a track meet on. So there might be a track meet on sort of the Tuesday. There'll be some sort of festival of cycling on, on the Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which would have been the final sort of weekend of the original dates of the Tour Down Under is when the four-day stage race. So that's, you know what, they were determined to get something on and in terms of um, South Australian Tourism Commission and the events that they run, they, they actually run, you know, a, they're jam-packed with events when you think about the Adelaide Open, the Tennis Open, of course, Adelaide Oval, it's been revamped, but they lost the Clipsal, or it used to be called the Clipsal 500, and that was, the Clipsal 500 and Tour Down Under were two events that began off the back of them losing the F1. Clipsal's gone this year and gone for good. It, it's not coming back. So, look, I know the event director of Tour Down Under was determined to try and get something off the ground. They really tried to get the World Tour teams here. We know that, what happened there. Um, but they were determined. So, you know what, big kudos to those guys. And as you know, I work with them. Um, I work on the event and I deal with the organisers. They're like, they are such a good bunch of people, professional. And um, I think this is, and it's, you know what, it's really good they're supporting the national scene as well. Absolutely. It's, it's needed. It's needed. It is. I think, and it's not just for the riders, is it? It's needed for the fans and sporting fans. Absolutely. Uh, let's look at uh, some transfers because uh, there's, been a, there's been a lot happening on the world of transfers. So, first of all, I know it's a big one. We talked, uh, we talked about you and I on and off the mic. Mm. Cav has found the team. Yes. He's but it's, it's not in a traditional way. Well, you or know it? what? It is. It sort of is. Um, and what you're alluding to is he's brought his own sponsor. He's found a financer to basically be a backer to pay his wage and probably uh, de Koenig, Sir Patrick Lefebvre, will take a kicker as well. So... Because it's, it's been reported that uh, Lefebvre said, yeah, Cav, you can come, but I've got zero dollar in my pocket. Yeah. That's what he said. He said in some, uh, I think it's on Cycling News. Yes, but, yeah, he did. He, did. Uh, he was quoted. Yeah, he was quoted saying, I've got zero dollars. And so, then Cav just went, okay, let's think about it differently. <laughs> so let's argue, let's argue the name. It still, he could still be worth 500,000 euros okay. a year. Let's, let's just say for argument's sake, I could be off the mark there, but... It's probably around that figure, maybe. I wonder how much the team's getting. What's Cav mm -hmm. taking? What's the team getting? And the other side of it is, look, he's one of the greatest. I think I don't think you can anyone can argue Absolutely. that. Thirty stages at the Tour de France. He's won a multitude of bike races, world championship. Um, he wore the rainbows that year, of course. But I think, in my opinion, he's looking for a fairy tale ending to his career, and it's not going to happen. I think he's passed it, as great as he is and a champion that he is. And there's nothing wrong, personally for me, if he'd retired at the end of this year, nothing wrong with it. But, you know, I think the media have sort of driven it. And he's a passionate man. We saw those tears at, was it Ghent Wevelgem or one of those classic races? And he didn't want to end his career this way. You never get the fairy tale ending. You know who would have been great to ask this, actually? Robbie McEwen. Yes, absolutely. And I'm not saying Robbie didn't have a fairy tale ending either. I actually couldn't tell you Robbie's last few races. But just the fact that Robbie, you know, went as far as he could in his career, he was the best of his time. And actually, it was the likes of Cavendish who was starting to get the better of Robbie, um, you know, in those bunch sprints. 
And Robbie sort of rode a few. He rode with Katusha, and then he went to Green Edge, obviously. Um, you know, Robbie, fair to say, he probably didn't get the fairy tale um, ending. ending. Yeah. I don't think he cared. Actually, I think he was ready to retire. So I just hope that Cav gets what he wants out of this. But like someone like Marcel Kittel, for example, didn't get the fairy tale ending as well. He had an amazing year the year before, yeah. uh, absolutely rubbish, shocking year, yeah. and then he sort of finished Re- on this. So yeah. when you're a sprinter, it's probably hard to finish on top. Oh, totally, totally. And yeah, I mean, I mean, people, I've seen reports, journalists and then fans saying, oh, so good he's back. It would have been terrible for him to retire in that way. In what way? What, just because he didn't win a race? Who cares? So I'm, I'm, I'm being complimentary, by the way, to Cav in saying that, that he doesn't have to be win his last race because I'm telling you, I don't believe he will. I don't believe he's got what it takes, especially they, these young riders now, these young sprinters. Is he going to lead out Sam Bennett? Exactly. Too? That's the point. What is going to be his role in the clinic? They've got Sam Bennett, Green Jersey at the Tour de France. Jakobsen uh, will come back. Exactly. Jakobsen had a rough year yeah. uh, with this massive accident uh, in Tour of Poland, I think. Yes. Uh, yes. So, you know, what would Cav's role be if he's not a lead out trained? So if he, but if he's I can't the see him being a lead out man either. You so, know, I can't see him playing a Mark uh, Renshaw. Exactly. Rob. Yeah. I cannot. So see him it's, it's already been reported that he will not be at the Tour de France. Someone yeah. from Dukinik said, "Okay, well, you will not race the Tour de France." So what? What can it be? Like, yeah, is, is, is he looking for one more win? Yeah. Is it the one more win? Yes. Yeah. And if he, look, if he gets one more win, and when I say one more win, Giro d'Italia, Vuelta, yes, or, or you know, again, Wevelgem or one of those sort of big, big races, I'll, I'm happy to eat my words and say, "Oh well, cool." But that's, I think that's all he can hope for. I don't think, no, actually, I don't think he will do that. I don't think he's got it in him. But it's hard to let go. Uh-huh. Any pro who's <laughs> been that good, as good as he is, and some of them find it harder to let go than others, and he obviously isn't content to, to finish yet, is he? So, But you know what it is? This is a massive talking point for us next year. Oh, Already. Our producer <laughs> said it, didn't she? And she's 100% right. I won't argue with that. It's... Massive for the team. And, and Lefebvre said it, uh, to quote him again, I think he said, you know, there's already a big interest and the positive impact. He said, it's only been positive, um, the feedback we had as soon as we signed him. So, you know, for a, sponsor's, for a sponsor, a marketer's, it's a marketer's dream, I guess. So, you know, we'll see. We'll uh, see. Yeah, uh, there's other transfers that are very interesting, including um, as ASOS becoming a new team with some Australians in there. Yes, yes. So... I spotted this the other day, Simon Clark. He's become a bit of a war horse, isn't he? I think we can call it. Can we officially call him a veteran? Uh, yeah, you text, <laughs> Clark, you you text him that. Like <laughs> you text him that. Yeah, no, no. He, I mean, he. You know what? He is a. He's a journeyman, Simon Clark, but he's done more than just be a journeyman because he wore the Maglia Rosa in the Giro d'Italia with I reckon Green Edge back in the day. Remember, he rode for the Australian outfit. He's been at um, EF. Um, he's been around the block and he's still and remember, continuing he, his career. He moved to EF when the team was in a financial trouble. Yes. So that was kind of a risky move. And he was successful at EF. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he's had, a, he's had some great results. And look, he's, a, and he's matured into one of those senior riders that now is a captain on the road. And so he may well be one of the captains on the road in that squad. Um, but 
that story within itself, which is now ASOS Quebec, as you said, takes over from NTT. We were discussing it, weren't we, I think through the Giro and the, and the tour, um, that they didn't have a sponsor. It was well documented. Bjarni Reese was in, then he was out, then he was in, and Doug Wright is the owner of the team, and he's done an incredible job over the years to get this African World Tour team up. But tell me, Quebec, right, is a, is a charity organisation. I don't know mm-hmm. the whole back story of Quebec, but what we do know, you know, they, 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 they donate bikes. They raise bikes and donate bikes to underprivileged kids across Africa because it's such a big mode of transport. ASOS, the clothing brand, yep, big clothing brand. Seriously, though, where's their budget coming from? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and they've got 27 riders on the roster, and we just mentioned Simon Clark, um, Sergio Anau, Com- Sander Armey. Companart. Companart stays there. Fabio Aru. Yeah. Rob Power, another Aussie. Uh, Bert Jan Lindemann. Some of these names to our listeners may not mean much to you, but they're these seasoned pros. So I think what Dougie Ryder has done, he's been super smart. It is a buyer's market because teams have folded, riders are without a job. Some of these guys would be, they'd be signing for very small contracts. So I think he has snatched up, you know, guys that have probably passed their best, but they've got a wealth of experience, they're still strong, and he'll hope that he can deliver the next young generation, guys like Ben Mm O'Connor, who's moved on. But Ben O'Connor, you know, won the stage at the Giro d'Italia, you know, brilliant He'll be looking for those that next group of guys. But that team looks quite solid. Look at look on the roster. Looks super solid. Yeah, yeah. No, they got and that that smattering of names I mentioned. That is literally, that's you know. There's another half a dozen that can win some big bike races. Imagine if Fabio Aru gets back to his best. Yeah, he's not that old. Mm-hmm. He's he's won a Grand Tour, and he's. I still think he can come back. And he got frustrated last year. Yeah, very frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's he's he probably more so than physically, needs to just get his head right. And so this is probably good for him. This is this will be, uh, you know, this could be good for him. So, yeah, that's an interesting um, interesting news there. Absolutely. Any other news in the transfer market? Uh, there's plenty. I haven't been able to keep up with it. I know. There's, well, Neil Stevens, in fact. So Neil Stevens was a director of sport if at Mitchelton Scott, yep. Green Edge, from the very beginning. He left there, I don't think, on great terms, I think, we can say that. We speculated that at the time. He went to UAE. Look, they handled it well. He went to UAE. Uh, he wasn't on the Tour de France squad this year. Alan Piper, remember, who I think Neil actually brought Alan Piper to that squad. But you would have thought he was pretty happy there. Uh, he's gone to Bahrain. And he said he went there because of Rod Ellingworth. Rod Ellingworth has now left Bahrain. So we're talking transfer market of director sportifs now. Ellingworth has now gone back to Ineos. There's some shufflings... There's some behind-closed-door things that have gone on, I think. And, you know, you talk about riders not being happy in a team and they want to move on or this or that. No different for director sport ifs. Yeah. When you've got a, a general manager of a team, so a team owner, if you like, not the sponsor, the man who sort of manages and runs the team, they you get clashes amongst team personnel, staff I'm talking, just like you get with riders. And that's why you see these musical chairs in terms of the the staff, you know. So, but Neil Stevens has now moved on to a team that he said he joined because of that reason. And uh, Ellingworth's gone back to Ineos where he started, which, of course, uh, well, Richie Port, there's another one we know, we, which we knew of. Um, but, gee, there's going to be some... Absolutely. It'll, 
every year, January, I spend January getting used to writers in different colours. It's, uh, do, do you readjust your little pens and your little booklet? No, Matty Keenan does yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, mine's just a mine's just a mess. I've but seen it. it. Somehow it works. Somehow it works. Yeah. Uh, although we have a talking about the DS uh, team DSM ex team Sodweb, they've got the first woman as a as a main yes, DS. Yes. Yes. Uh, and as Cherry uh, Freedom, that's uh, I don't want to say it's an amazing news, but it's a great news because everything that goes with it. Yes. And. Yeah, you're right in what you say. And just another thing, it's she's not the first. And the name, I'm really sorry, the name escapes me, but I did read an article where, and, and kudos to her, but she isn't the first. There is another woman back in the 80s who directed a Italian squad at okay. the Giro d'Italia. And I read the story. It was It was a pretty cool story, actually. So, but... We don't have enough women uh, working in, on the men's side of the sport. And so I think it's, yeah, it's a great thing. And, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how she goes. And, look, probably the one thing that's going to happen, whether she likes it or not, she'll be judged. She'll probably be judged and scrutinised more than a male director sportif. Is that a fair thing to say? I don't know. You don't know? I honestly don't know. Yeah. I honestly don't know. Uh, I know she shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I, well, they, I, should be, they should all be judged the same, shouldn't they? Yeah, but I think it's part of our role to actually not Yeah. To actually not do it. So she would not ju be judged here. That's no, no, saying. no. No, we won't. We've got class. But these other, these other cheap, nasty yeah, um, exactly. outlets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, NRS has kicked off. And then we have to talk about this crash. Oh, I know. Like if you haven't seen the crash, go back to the SBS website, the Cycling Central website. You can see the crash. Not that we like to see crashes, but this is crashes of all crashes. And it wasn't good. It was a police moto, wasn't it? On the side, stopped. And and the first few riders dodged it. And then, what, the fifth or sixth rider smacked into it. I think it was uh, Cam Scott, actually. And so he got a broken pelvis. He's from the ARA Sunshine Coast team. Ben Carmen was the worst off, though. He had to get airlifted and was put in an induced coma. Mm -hmm. The good news, well, the last I heard is that he was awake and talking to his family and he's okay, but a lot of broken bones, um, a lot of damage was done there. So that could have been a lot worse. Yeah. As bad as it was, it could have been a lot worse, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the importance of that race... If we look at look at the cycling itself, uh, it's important for the summer of cycling to have the NRS prior to that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, there's been no racing, as we know. Well, no, there has been some racing, but certainly not in Victoria. And Victoria has been a strong state, even for NRS. But they just had to get something off the ground. And, you know, not just for the sake of it and not risking the health of riders or, or staff or whatever, But it was an eight days, and I, I, I got to confess, I didn't follow it religiously like we have followed the whole season, but I think it was eight separate stages. But there were two things that stood out for me. One was that crash, unfortunately, that happened because that did take a lot of the, the news, and I think it, it made all the mainstream news outlets, didn't it? But Sarah Gigante won one of the stages by almost eight minutes. Seven that, minutes, 50 seconds solo, 50-kilometre solo breakaway. This is, you know, on an NRS scene, is huge. Yeah. Huge. It's not small fight. Yeah, it's even, even that it's not an international race doesn't yeah. matter. There were some pretty good riders there. Like, she stayed home all year. She didn't, she didn't travel to the States with her US squad, yeah. remember? She'd signed for a new team. 
Um, she won the national time trial title. Boy, oh boy. I just, I can't wait to see her race overseas. And she wasn't allowed to do the time trial. There was something around the fact that she wasn't allowed to, she thought she could ride a time trial and she didn't. It was a team's time trial. Team time trial, was, yeah. I believe it was a team's time trial. They probably so. didn't want to ride it because she might have won it solo. <laughs> <laughs> she was too hard for the, for yeah, the, for yeah, the rest yeah. of the team. So, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, you know, when the world goes back to some sort of normality, uh, we got to get we got to get that girl on the um, on the plane and race against some of the best in the world because I think she's got oh yeah she's 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 special she's yeah, a, she's a great athlete. I remember yeah. when we saw her a uh, couple of years ago at the Crit. Yes, so there is a Crit yes. podcast. If you go back to our archive, a couple of years ago, two years ago, yes, yes, on a yes. Wednesday night we yep. went uh, for yep. the Crit, and then we had her in the interview. We uh, did probably we the did. first interview we did with her. Yeah, we 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 picked her. We got on. We jumped on the wagon before she was big. Uh, yeah. She, yeah, she had the jersey, but the Critem jersey, the Critem yes. jersey yeah. of Aussie champion. But she did; she wasn't the national world champion yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. She was no. She's just saying. Just, just saying. <laughs> yeah, we called it first. No, 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 look, we we knew what she did at the junior world championships the year prior. You know, we always knew she was going to be good. But we grow. I don't say this lightly, and I'm not saying it in tongue in cheek. We grow world champions on trees in this country. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We literally, and then the, the the hardest thing for those junior world champions is the transition to elite, and to try and keep them. Um, you know, especially the girls and the guys, trying to transition them into professional ranks. And so, you know, you you hope someone like Sarah Gigante transitions. She was ready to transition this year into the you know professional league, unprecedented year. She stayed. She decided to make the call, I guess, to stay back in Australia. So I hope for her sake as well, she gets to, you know, give it a good couple of years at least Absolutely. on the big scene. Uh, another news as well, Garen Thomas, he's done his uh, shoulder. He's a shocker, hasn't he? he yeah, he's, he hasn't got a, we all had a rubbish year. Like no one. Like <laughs> no, no, one's no, a, yeah, no, no one's had a particularly good year. <laughs> like no one. Have you heard anyone say 2020? Yeah, awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like no one, no. but he had a rubbish year as well. <laughs> he's had a, yeah, he's had a, yeah, of course. Remember, he crashed out by a bidden. It was a bidden, wasn't it? Took out his, on, on stage yeah. three of the Giro d'Italia. He was there as the main man, crashes out, firstly misses selection for the Tour de France. We're all shocked at that. And then his teammate goes on to win the Giro, writes off the rest of the year, okay, start my preseason, bang, dislocates shoulder. Bad, yeah, that's... and 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 badly. Like it's 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 a it's a big one. He popped. He said he got it back in. Yeah, popped it back in. But he's he's going. Is he needing surgery? I don't know. I don't know. It's, either way, it's yeah. yeah it's rough. Uh, that is that is definitely rough. Um, Any other news? Yeah, there's little snippets. Um, well, actually, you can talk about this cyclocross season underway. Yeah, I've been yeah, lucky. You, and, you yeah. did a little cheeky. You watched a little bit of it. I watched a little bit of it. I'm not going to tell you how, but I did. <laughs> uh, but now it's yeah, I did, and uh, I was amazed. It's not that I have I've never seen cyclocross. I've seen cyclocross before, but I haven't seen cyclocross for quite a long time, and it's came a long way. And then Wood Van Aert blown you away. It's blown away in how interesting the racing was and now I understand why these guys like Wood Van Aert or, or Van Der Poel why they are so strong on the road because of that cyclocross scene being so strong and it was just brilliant to watch on TV it was really a phenomenal it was a TV sport isn't it it was it's really made for TV yeah like it's circuits it's I mean it's a it's a cross between or it's I guess it's got similarities to cross country mountain bike yeah. hasn't it I mm -hmm. suppose but it 
but puts in a few elements that mountain bikes don't. But you see someone like Wood Van Aert. Yeah. In it. Wood Van Aert has been such an extraordinary uh, year on the road. Well, He's uh, now roughing it in a cyclocross yeah, yeah, in his Jumbo Visma jersey. Yeah. Uh, properly roughing it and, and just you know, incredible. So that season is on. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, when it's, when it's not road season in Belgium, it's cyclocross and velodrome. The Ghent Six was called off. I think we, we announced that, well, quite a while ago now because they made the call pretty early. So can you imagine now, and of, gee, I'm not sure what they're allowed to do and not do in terms of crowds at events. I can't imagine there'd be too many there. Actually, what was the vision like? In terms of crowds, no, there was no crowd. There was just uh, officials yeah. and uh, yeah. and and no Normally real crowd. Jam packed, but you could imagine that with a full crowd. Oh, we're going there one day, surely. Surely we yeah. can get SPS to fund a little. Like, <laughs> let's talk to the bus. I, I tried, I, I've already let's tried, just call uh, it for what it is. <laughs> I just want to do beers and fruits on the side, podcasting live. Can yeah, we okay. tee it up? Organise it. <laughs> so it's a call out to our producer. <laughs> yeah, it's just a come but on. As a, I mean, joke aside, you've never been tempted. You know, you've lived in Belgium, but you've done some local racing. Have you been tempted to do this or no? Uh, I've only been tempted actually back in Australia in retirement. Like, and I mean, I've only I've been tempted in the last five years because you know one of my good friends, Alan Yakwane, who was a pro, and he and I raced together for years in Europe. He um, Al actually won. This is talking about cyclocross. <laughs> this is a this is a proud mate moment. So Al won the national road title in 1994, I believe it was 1994. I think it might have even been before then. Twenty years later, he won the first national cyclocross elite cyclocross title in Australia. So tell me another rider in the world, bloody probably Welt Van Aert or Vanderpol. Actually, these guys might have. But 20 years apart, a road title and a cyclocross title. Yeah, it's National nuts. title. Yeah. I don't know if anyone's ever done it. So that's Al's claim to fame. But he <laughs> sort of, he inspired me for a very small period. I thought, oh, maybe I'll get into cyclocross. And then I watched a couple and went, oh, too hard. No, I don't want to put myself through that much pain anymore. But it's, it's a fun event, isn't it? I went to a couple and it is, it's a real, you know, it's family friendly. It's, it's just a fun event to go to and watch and um, be involved in. And it's, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you had to search high and low to find a cyclocross bike in Australia to buy. Yep. Now they have them on display in front windows of bike shops. That's what's happened to that sport in this country. So there's a cool aspect to it. Yes. There's a very, yeah. And, and riders wanting to just not race, but do gravel riding. Yeah, you know, that's where the whole gravel bike scene, I guess, has come from as well. It's derived off the back of the cyclocross bikes, so it's a it's a whole another industry, really. Yeah. I was amazed at how they switch bikes as well as as they run along and they you know build for oh, the jump off and jump on. They jump off and like it's, it, they make it super easy, but it's incredible how they jump off and jump back on those yes. bikes. Yes, yeah, it is. It's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will tell you what, the one thing though. Living in Belgium for a few years, tempted to. I thought you were asking me, was I tempted to stay and watch some of these races? No, no, race. Yeah, no, no, no. Tempted to watch in my off season. The one thing that I still haven't seen is the Gent Six. And we said it wasn't on this year. And one of these days, because it's in November normally, I think. Yep. So, you know, it's getting into the depths of winter over there. But wow, people, if you're listening and you want, want to do something different, go to Europe and go to Belgium in winter watch cyclocross and go watch the Gent Six 
Remember, I told you, I texted you I was in Brussels when the Gen 6 were on a couple of years ago. And you didn't go. Uh, uh, no, I didn't you, go. I was in Brussels. <laughs> I was in Brussels. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, a 30-minute train trip, mate. <laughs> Poor excuse. Uh, I, I had some work to do in Brussels. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, anyway, but yeah, yeah, I was amazed at how the crowd... The yes. crowd was on top. Like anyway, that's a yeah, completely different story. Yeah, yeah. Wait, uh, wait. And then you took me to that velodrome. But anyway, uh, yes, that's, yes, um, tin shed. It's like in a tin shed, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's madness. Yeah. That's the end of the year. We can go back with our stories. We will. We'll <laughs> get back there. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, the Oz Cycling's got a new CEO. Yes, Marnie Fetchner. Marnie Fetchner has come across, I believe, she was a CEO. She's just finished up in that role of Netball Australia. Uh, she was involved in some pretty sort of big changes there, I think, with TV rights, et cetera. Um, and from all accounts, she did a great job at Netball Australia. One thing, and anyone feel free to correct me on this, I believe we have now, the sport of cycling and the governing body, we've signed the first female CEO ever. In the world. In the history. No, not not sure about the world. Certainly in Australian cycling, in terms of national level, um, national body, competitive body, I believe she's the first female CEO. About time. You know, yeah, it's absolutely. about time. But she's, she's also got uh, a job on hand uh, because yes. it's, it's basically the transition from Cycling Australia to O Cycling. We know it's been painful to say the least, yep. up to here. It's still going. But it's starting. It's, <laughs> it's not still going. It's yeah. starting now. She Yes, so... I think we have to, and, and we we do anyway, well, we should anyway, we've got to welcome her with open arms as a sport. I think the administrative side, she'll be, she's in, she'll be the boss, she's in the boss, but they've got to give her as much support as possible. Um, she, she, I listened to a, a few snippets of her. She said she thinks in the first six weeks she'll be just doing a lot of listening, um, which I think already tells me a lot about the character of of a, a CEO or someone in that role rather than come in and say, I'm just going to bark orders. She said, I'll be just listening and learning as much as I can about how this sport operates and the intricacies because it is, cycling's pretty unique. I know we say, well, they're all the same, but as you say, with a transition to Oz Cycling from Cycling Australia, that's a real administrative change. So she's She's got a job ahead of her, but I think it's up to us as a sport and an industry to give her as much support as possible because it, we all win in the end if, if she does a great job. Absolutely, and she's uh, will be welcomed, of course, on this podcast mm. in the, when she starts her job. I think she starts in the early part of February 2021. I think, so, yeah. Uh, I think that was it. I think, we've I got think everything. so. I think so. There's Yeah, I think we've covered off, you know, just yeah. about everything. Absolutely. Bring on, bring on the end of the year. Bring on... Uh, now bring on 2021 like I'm done with 2020. <laughs> done and yes. dusted. Yes. Yeah, 20 yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm, that, not that it necessarily make a difference. I'm just I'm holding done. my breath a bit for 21. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we'll absolutely. See. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout-out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts, and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on, and you're sure to get one back. 
as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.